0: Children being separated from their parents in front of an American flag. I believe them.
1: And you can change the entire population of the world, 8 billion people. And if we are going to out what was happening to us, we might have been able to prevent it. If you think it's hard to change the lives of 10 people, change their lives forever. Well, that didn't happen. Here we are.
0: I believe these women. You're wrong. I feel extremely lucky to, to be here with all of you fighting, fighting for justice, for equality for the right for us to equally exist in this country. There were 329 uprising. Hello,
2: everybody, and welcome to another episode of Public Access America. I try and get in here early before Jeffrey does so I can just say some house cleaning because, you know, we have other shows going on. Um, check out Inspirations Beyond Disabilities on Apple Podcast and Spotify, as well as its new channel on YouTube. And check out some of the conversations that we are having there. It's a pretty great show. We um, have an episode coming out at midnight eastern time on apple podcast so check that out and jeffrey is here that's called timing that is called timing and he always has it but then i worry hey buddy
1: what's up
2: Ah, uh, I always worry that you worry that that I'm recording when you step in, like you're just stepping into a landmine, and you're not quite sure what it is. but well, I'm just doing some house cleaning, saying hi, hi, everybody, how you doing? <laughs> 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 we had some shows um, from Inspirations Beyond Disabilities. We had a conversation about telling your child about their degenerative degenerative de, their degenerative. eye condition. Yes, thank you. Their eye conditions and um and then we just had another one we talked about uh how TikTok has brought a blind community together which is really kind of interesting for just a crappy app so we mm-hmm. all just talked about how how there's a community there and how much we hate the app but love the community <laughs> and then i don't know if you got to notice this but we had um jay from inspirations beyond disabilities on a special episode um Wednesday last Wednesday and he talked about his community and some of the issues and I wanted to talk with you about that in the second hour but I wanted to say hi how are you doing today
1: oh it's a fabulous day it's sunny I'm uh, you know I'm uh, enjoying the fact that there's a little bit of quiet in the house uh Ooh, I officially yeah. I officially went on vacation uh Friday evening after work so I'm off for a whole 10 days Wow. It was lovely Wow but I am notorious for my working vacations so I'm probably just gonna end up working on a bunch
2: of stuff <clears throat> of course of course that's where your mind goes right like I think people are in a constant battle of where their mind is trying to go and where they want it to go and sometimes mm-hmm. what I say is you just have to go with the flow and do what's on your mind <laughs> you know.
1: Yeah, no, but that didn't stop me yesterday from being like, you know what? It's nap time. And I just went and crashed out for three hours and I loved every second of it.
2: Everybody deserves a nap, Jeffrey. Everybody.
1: See, but everybody, like, I don't know how everybody else naps, but for me, like a nap is a three hour commitment. It always Uh has been like, it's, I'm not. I'm not one of those people that can like crash out for 20 minutes and then wake up and I'm like, yeah, we're good to go. It's now we're going down <laughs> like for, for a mini
2: coma and, and you're, yeah. you're not doing anything to wake me up. It's so strange. Cause right after your nap, you're still in this, ho- this fog. Mm-hmm. Oh, I am, I'm in this fog for like a half an hour where I'm really hungry, but kind of drowsy and don't want to do anything. I just want to go back to bed, but I know I have to do stuff, but it's almost like a little buzz. You know what I mean? Until mm-hmm. I finally wake up. Oh yeah, good. So I'm I'm interested in something because, man, I want to I want to I want to get your opinion on something that's really crucial to this show specifically, and that is, who do you think is going to have a better winning record, the Seahawks or the Bears? Ooh, I know, Um, threw you
1: off, right? Well, considering I'm not a fan of either team, I know.
2: I'm committed to the bears, but that doesn't mean I'm necessarily a fan. You know what I mean?
1: Right. I I mean, I would pick the Seahawks simply because they've done some really great depth uh, work for their, for their roster, but, uh, I mean, it, it's kind of been one of those things where they they continuously shoot themselves in the foot.
2: So, wait, are you talking about the Bears or the Seahawks? Yes. <laughs>
1: yes. As a, and as a Giants fan, we shoot ourselves in both feet just to right? be sure.
2: I turned on the TV and I was like, "Why is Andy Dalton in a Bears uniform?" Ah, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's and that's the worst
1: part is because they've got a rookie quarterback that yeah. looks to be pretty damn good right and this is where it's always this is where it's always a little tough because like you get a good rookie and if you throw them in right away there's a lot of times that you know they might have some heat initially but they just get fucking beat up i mean yeah i mean great examples of that are like jameis winston and i mean even cam newton you know Uh but but at least cam newton made an appearance at a super bowl so there's that
2: even though he got yeah. Robert Griffin, there's just a whole bunch Robert of guys. Robert Griffin. That just, you threw them in and they went down, you know?
1: Andrew Luck. I mean, Andrew Luck was, he was amazing. Um, yeah. But he just couldn't, he just couldn't cut it. And, you know, at 29, when he decided that he was done, he was, mm-hmm. he just walked off and I was like, you know what?
2: Yeah. Good job. Yeah. I literally saw a lot of players do that. Walk away yeah. after they got their fourth year, filled their commitment and were like, I got my money. I'm, I don't want to do this, you know?
1: Well, and, you know, like Andrew Luck said, you know, like I want to be able to walk uh, under the power of my own two feet and under my own mental cognition. So, I'm yeah. done.
2: Right. I mean, it is just a game as much as other people put their lives involvement in it. It is it is just a game. And you got to respect the guys for playing it. I just, I don't, I, there's certain people in the league that want to hurt other people. They don't see it as a game. They see it as their mission and I mm-hmm. think that's an issue. I mean, in preseason, you're not trying to level out their fucking star quarterback, you know? So, and I haven't really seen that yet, but I, w- I hope it turns into a game and not like a blood fest you know, for me personally.
1: Well, I, and honestly, it's like, this is where like the NFL has kind of gotten a bit stale and it's in how it does things. You know, mm-hmm. they had this great idea that they were going to add more games and people are just kind of like,
2: it's not really what we're after right i want to see i want to see talent i want to see talent
1: right you know i want to see talent i want to see you know there were some there were some great moments where where the game kind of shifted in a weird and wild form Mm -hmm. you know you look at you look at what the the 60s 70s and 80s looked like i mean most of them you know, through the sixties and the seventies were just, they were working regular
2: day jobs. Right. And it was 80s, more, run, more running, you know, yeah. in the fifties and sixties, there was no, there was no passing for a long time, you know? Right. I mean? And
1: then, and then in the eighties, you start to see, you know, more of that, you know, wow, that the NFL became known for, mm-hmm. you Let's know, put the polish on it. Yeah. You know, you had, you know, you had your Lawrence Taylor's, your Bo Jackson's, your, oh. v- you know, your Jim McMahons and, <clears throat> Oh yeah. You had a lot of great moments, you know, but it was, you know, it was still somewhat raw. You know, and, and and I think one of the things that has definitely helped but also kind of hindered the way that the game plays is, you know, there's been so much focus on replay, there's been so much focus on, mm-hmm. you know, uh, making calls from a booth and things like that and it's Yeah. You know, it's so it's it's definitely become kind of a weird way to watch the game yeah uh, but also too then then you start to see some of the other issues like the off-field issues and you know weird bans on on things that don't make any sense like i i'm sorry but i just i still don't see the point of the the weed testing that's just no. not uh, i just don't see that as something that's necessary uh, uh, you know other than it's like don't you know don't play high. I mean, that's, we try not to. Yeah. You know, it's just because that's, that's I mean, anytime that you are, I mean, any anytime that you're going to potentially take away, you know, your ability to focus really hard mm. on the game, you're going to end up, you're going to end up hurting yourself.
2: And yeah. so it's a weird, it's a, what's weird to me about that is I have my personal freedoms, but then when I suddenly am employed by the league, to be nine months out of the year five days a week that's a different story and then when i go ahead and get sponsors now suddenly my life isn't my own because that sponsor wants me to live up to an ideal that they want and not that i intended you know so a lot of it is just trying to be what other people want you to be i think of like ricky williams Mm -hmm. in a time in a time when it wasn't like that and i i i thought he was a great player and it sucks that they like got rid of him just because of weed and i don't think you should destroy somebody's life over that like in the off season mm-hmm. i think they should do whatever is legally within their rights but it's a tough thing when agreed. somebody's paying you millions of dollars you know what i mean like agreed so but that's me i think what really changed the landscape of football was fantasy football because now people were invested monetarily you know in a way like the average person in a way where just the betting uh, community was and now Mm -hmm. fantasy football put that up there and now people are they're watching each individual player each individual play getting mad at like stupid calls it's just taking the intensity up to a new level you know and then colin kaepernick kneeling you know
1: the politics in the game has definitely become something um i would say that it, it hasn't made it hard to watch but it is definitely it is definitely been one of those places where it's like i I respect the fact that they're using their venue you know uh-huh. as they can, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely, but it's not the kneeling that has taken away from the game, it's literally the fans losing their shit over it, and it just yeah. makes it hard to want to watch the game knowing that somebody's just
2: going to get butthurt about you know some dude kneeling right or worse yet that the president is just going to be like i'm butthurt you should be too though it's just a game you know and now we lose like the national anthem which was actually one of the things i told you i like about it you know mm-hmm. it was it was that the military presence the uh taking time to honor these people at a time when everybody's watching, and mm-hmm. it, so it 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 helped drive recruitment that way, you know. And so mm-hmm. I liked that, but I also think like Muhammad Ali and, um, oh, man, one of my favorite running backs, and I can't think of his name. Fuck, you know they they did their off time stuff and then they they actually boxed i mean muhammad ali said i'm not going to go to war but he continued to perform and advocate Mm -hmm. at the same time i think i don't know colin kaepernick like i respect what he was saying and i hope the conversation continues on police violence you know that's Mm -hmm. something that we should all pick up in sports or out of sports it's something we need to talk about if if the league is 90 well i don't know how much the fan base is black and white but there's definitely a certain amount of white people there and if you can get that message into their heads that it's happening then it's worth having you know what i mean
1: oh absolutely and i don't disagree with that one bit you know simply because you know out of sight out of mind and Mm -hmm. putting it in someone's mind makes it easy to begin that conversation yeah it's it's just that (laughs) instead of instead of addressing the issue like is, this is so many times we've talked about people want to bitch about the problem well this is kind of one of those things where you know what the problem is and you got to do something to fix it and yeah
2: yeah yeah i so. think i think the people to fix it are the people that are breaking it like we just have to let them know stop at that moment like yeah, you're mm-hmm. frustrated. Try walking away. Try telling your partner, hey, I, I can't do this right right this second. <laughs> you know, let me be the backup. <laughs> something but, needs to change. Something like well, cameras something, on everybody. You know, I would say would something
1: nice. something did change. Something yeah. changed. Something did change. And it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out. Because you know, January sixth happened and where you had all mm-hmm. of this back the blue rhetoric for the last five years. Yeah. We suddenly found out, well, that was a lie. Uh So now the question is, is what, what does protesting, you know, what does kneeling in this season look like, you know, after the events of January 6th and that to me, question. that's going to be an interesting thing to see because you had all of these people sitting there talking about how, you know, disrespecting our men and women in uniform and police officers and this, that, and the other. And then they went and disrespected our men and women in uniform and police officers and our system of government and, 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 and all at once. And it's like, so what was this really about to you? I mean, like, don't get me wrong. Like, I, I think that, you know, when it comes to, when it comes to fucking with the Capitol, we have about, you know, 200 years worth of grievances that need to be aired, but trying to keep one guy in power, it ain't one of them
2: putting Hitler in a cape doesn't make him Superman you know what I mean right right so I I don't I what I think is history is a is a wave and it comes behind you and we're gonna feel the repercussions of the Republicans not supporting the blue eh, I don't know in a year maybe six months maybe it's gonna come it's gonna happen it's just never instantaneous like like no. we think it is you know.
1: No. And I mean, you, that's one of those things that I've seen like slowly start to fade Is a number of people that, you know, had their thin blue line stickers
2: to them yeah. starting to see them disappear a little bit. Right. And why? Because you stopped backing the blue? Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't quite understand. I mean, I
1: personally don't, I personally don't see any reason to show unwavering support to authority. That's just not how it should work. And it doesn't matter what party it is. It doesn't matter if it's the military. It doesn't matter if it's police officers. Like the idea is, is that, you know, these entities are there to serve the people. And by putting them up on a pedestal, you know, you give some of those people this idea that they don't work for you. Right. Right. And, and inherently I have a problem with that. Like me, too. like all of these thin blue line stickers, you know, I had a problem with them before January 6th, simply because, you know, I, well, I'm not exactly quote unquote a cab. Right. Uh, I'm certainly not uh, somebody who thinks that I should just be bowing down to somebody who claims to have authority. Right. Like the reality is, is that my tax dollars pay your salary.
2: You work for me, motherfucker. Right. And it's that you know thin, it's that thin blue line that keeps an atmosphere of silence you know and absolutely that's, that's our issue is uh police aren't allowed to individually talk without their union um coming down on them and the system coming down on them absolutely and that's the thin blue line we have an issue with
1: absolutely it's like i i need cops to be able to I don't need cops fucking with me. Like people, Uh you know, know, society needs police. I don't. And that's, and that's the answer is is that it's like, it's not that I'm saying that I don't need a cop. Like there will, there will probably be a time where I need a cop, but in terms of them being involved in my life, I don't need a cop. Right. Just like the person who is homeless on the street doesn't need a cop. He needs police in order to Uh make sure that, you know, his rights are protected and that he is safe. But, does he need a cop fucking with him? No, he doesn't.
2: I, well, I think a police officer is a level head in a, in a weird situation. And mm. some people need that. I tend to be that, but I might need assistance in a t- obtaining my goal of diffusing the situation. Right. But right, I, I don't ever think I need like a police officer to come in and make a determination Like in the situation. If I do, fuck. Things went bad. <laughs> you, <Right>.
1: know? <laughs> you know, and that's, and I think that's one of those things where I really hope communities start to understand that it's like stop calling the cops for every little issue and disagreement that you have. Yep. Go talk to your neighbor if you have an issue. Go talk to your neighbor if there's a problem. See if you can't work out a solution. Yeah. Because guess what? You know, most people are willing to compromise. Individually and willing to sit down and, and go, okay, yeah, you know what? You're right. That's, that's not fair to you, but I also want to be able to do some of the things that I want to do. So finding that compromise of how do you keep that peace, mm-hmm. uh, you know, not every situation calls for a cop, you know, it's, no. and, it it's, calls
2: for communication. Every abs- situation abs- absolutely. calls communication.
1: And right now, the cops are not necessarily trained for simple communication. They're trained to deal with active threats more than anything, and it's only been in recent history that they're starting to work on that that de escalation. And so, you know, to be perfectly honest, most people in their daily lives have more work, you know, more time in de de escalation than the cops do. So,
2: yeah, what's interesting is what we always talk about, and that's bringing police back to the community. Mm -hmm. And I think. I don't. I don't know how it would happen, but jumping from point A to point B, we have a lot of servicemen and women coming home, mm-hmm. and it would be nice if there was more community authority locally. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying they should be deputized or anything without being mm-hmm. vetted, but I think there is an opportunity for more local enforcement with with um, these people that are trained to defuse situations. Not oh, every. Absolutely. Not every. Because there's a lot of soldiers that weren't trained that there's a lot right. of soldiers that were just trained to get a gun, go out, find the objective and kill it. And that's not what we want. But there's a lot of people up and down in the in the ladder that have a lot of skills besides killing, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think that's what's interesting. It's an interesting opportunity we have.
1: Well, and you know, I know that we've talked about this, for example, with the whole issue of school shootings. I mean, like, you have a group of people who are going to be coming home that are used to active shooter situations, right? You know, you have, you know, as much as I hate to say it, schools are going to be schools are going to be coming back. And unfortunately, you know what that means is also coming back COVID. Well,
2: that too. <laughs> School shooters, of course. I mean, yeah. I, I'm in Florida. You know, we have um, both, both at the same time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, we Parkland was right before I moved here, and part of the reason why I moved here is because I wanted to develop a connection with some of those kids, and I never did. So, that's a shame. But you're right. You're but what are we going to do about that? Are we going to make soldiers, um, teachers now, custodians? <laughs> principles
1: you know i think you know simply having that presence in the hallway you know the one of the things that they do here is you know they'll have active uh police officers roam the hallways fully yeah. vested and everything like in the mornings and all of that and i'm like you know th- that's one of those things that that takes away from what i actually yeah. need the police to be doing that's prison right you know whereas you know having a bunch of people who are you know they're not cops. They're actually there to de-escalate situations, but can yeah. respond if, if something goes completely haywire, mm-hmm. you know, let the cops do their thing and, and do their work in trying to find, you know, people who are actively committing harm in the community, but finding ways in which, you know, members of the community are, are that are coming home are going to be able to continue to serve. Like there, there are more ways that we can do this and mm-hmm. we just have to be open to that. I mean, I will yeah. say I will say this in terms of our service members coming home. You know, New Orleans is well, hopefully New Orleans doesn't
2: uh get completely shelled by this hurricane, but yeah, yeah, it's yeah.
1: not looking very good.
2: Before we transition, I wanna say instead of getting a hundred people to identify the problem, we might need to try and address the problem itself. Like mm-hmm. we need to let that child that wants to kill people, wants to shoot, we wanna let him find another avenue as well it's a series Mm -hmm. of choices that this person makes before they attempt you know to kill multiple people in a school and somewhere somebody has to see that right and we just need like i said we need more communication we need less penalties maybe for people coming forward i think that's a real problem but we don't need to attack the problem but we can also find A problem before it's a problem and talk to talk without talking at them talking around them you know about better ways well i think i think i think one of the biggest issues
1: has just been you know the fact has been parental involvement and Mm. that's not because i wouldn't argue that it's not that the parents don't care it's you know the society that we live in currently Mm. and, and it requires two working parents at two jobs sometimes you mm-hmm. know
2: multiple jobs you know right. it, it's not that they don't care it's that they can't care it's that the society said now you have to work this hard but never built a safety net for their children you know
1: mm-hmm. and so you know it's when you're having to work multiple jobs when you're having mm-hmm. when when you're not having that in that daily involvement in your kids lives i mean how how else are you going to be able to see warning signs? I mean, yeah. exactly. I mean, even just with my depression alone, like, you know, my parents were busy and, oh. or, or not uh, available in,
2: you know, physically, emotionally, whatever. For sure. I was actually going to ask Jeffrey, I was going to just talk about the two of us in our teams between 10 and 20. Cause I was like, I wonder how that would go. But yeah, because I, I've been thinking a lot about kids, you know, so I'm really sorry I had the same thing nobody I was not diagnosed because I didn't have a parent around that cared you know
1: well you know and, and where I grew up it wasn't it wasn't that I didn't have a parent that didn't care it was just that you know it wasn't something that was talked about or understood so Rub some dirt in it you know it's it's one of those things where it's like how do you expect someone to be able to understand mm-hmm. what depression looks like when and and symptoms of it when you're not really familiar with what that is and nobody's teaching it
2: and nobody's talking about it. Yeah. You don't even know it's a thing, mm. right? You don't right. know a hamburger is a hamburger until you actually see a hamburger. Right?
1: I mean, my mom will tell you that I was arguably the smartest person in my house and I couldn't figure out what the hell is going oh. on with me. So, you know, that's one of those things. It's like, how do you expect people to know what's going on when nobody yeah. knows what to look for?
2: Come to think of it. Yeah, my mom, when she did notice my depressions or my acting out, she she actually pushed me more towards education. I didn't take it, but she pushed me more towards that way. She had me tested. I had um, an IQ two points under her. <laughs> so yeah. she, thought, she thought I was a genius. And she asked me, well, what do you want to do? And I said, the smartest man would say, just stay happy. You know? right and that and then i've had a series of a life full of a series of things that tested that wow. mm-hmm. that's the way it goes you know if you want money and success you're going to be tested that way too because nothing mm-hmm. comes easy no no it doesn't
1: <clears throat> so i mean like between 10 and 20 i mean like at 10 years old you know it was really i was starting to struggle a little bit just because like you know, dad's not around. He would moved 500 miles away. You know, I've got a new baby sister. I've got, my grandmother had just died. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got a, you know, a new family dynamic we're still dirt poor. So it's, you know, learning what, what my life actually looks like is going to look like. I've moved from, you know, well, a relative city, in, in Eastern Montana standards to, you know, a very, you know, a rural farming community. Hmm. So I went from, <clears throat> you know, I was reading, uh, I was reading the Hobbit when I was in second grade because I was in an advanced reading program to basically run dog run, hmm. you know, and yeah. I lost my love of
2: reading for a long time. Of course. Survival. Survival doesn't <clears throat> leave much time for anything else.
1: You know, and then I was an outsider in this community. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't born there. I didn't, you know, I didn't necessarily have quote unquote family there, even though, Mm -hmm. you know, I was married in. Yeah. 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 And so, you know, it just shaped up for me to start to really struggle. And then of course, uh, I, I got very overweight and that was a source of being bullied. Was that a protection thing? I don't know, to be perfectly honest. I really don't know. Like, I mean, I would say, I would definitely say it was probably self medication simply because, like, okay,
2: food tastes good. I like food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's hard to be sad when you're eating a Twinkie, right? Oh,
1: yeah. And grandma always had a fully stocked cookie jar, (laughs) you know? So, so. And, you know and of course that just ends up with me getting bullied up and down you know from i mean i had high schoolers bullying me
2: and i was a sixth grader
1: you know how fucked is that
2: yeah you bullying know in and of itself is is just a phenomenon i don't understand
1: so it was you know it was weird <clears throat> and you know i had a teacher that you know, you know, where things kind of started to change a little bit for me was, you know, I had a teacher say, look, I don't condone it, but sometimes you just got to fight back. Right. And I was like, okay, well, unfortunately I wasn't very healthy in that regard. And I mean, I was just trying to fight everybody. So, so, you know, by about 13, you know, 13, 14, I'm, you know, seeing a therapist because I've got some you know, pretty extensive anger issues at this point. I'm taking it out on everybody, but you know, despite the fact that I'm, I'm working on the anger issues, there's still something underlying that I don't understand. And I just feel generally like crap the entire time. Right. You know, like I just feel down and I don't understand why, but it's like, whatever, you know, I've got a thousand things happening here. So that probably explains it. But know as i move into high school you know i end up going through a growth spurt and i'm not fat anymore i'm actually pretty skinny yeah And, and you know i'm a straight a student i'm involved in a whole bunch of sports and i'm involved in you know a whole bunch of school activities where you know i you know i've got you know pretty much every credential under the sun you know my freshman and sophomore year so i don't understand why i'm just miserable Mm. because i literally have so much going for me the bullying has stopped for the most part but uh mostly because you know once i got bigger people realized that they couldn't just bully me so easily so that that was a thing and that's when it all just turns to hell you know i have I've dealt with my mom having cancer and now she's oh. in night school and my stepdad is just genuinely uninterested in, in being involved with us in any way, shape or form. Um, but doesn't want me actively, you know, doing anything with my sister. So it's constantly a, my, my, my kid's sister. And so oh. that's constantly a source of fighting.
2: Interesting.
1: And yeah, that's when things just end up taking a nosedive because I'm involved in everything. I don't know. Just to distract
2: of. you from that feeling, right? Yep. You're just looking for any outlet. That's survival. Yep. Like you don't you don't have opportunities like you do when you're comfortable, when you're in survival mode. You right. just don't. And
1: then and then that's what I just bottomed out, you know. Yeah. And you know, it took me a long, long, long time to start to really figure it out you know, and, and learn, you know, what depression was and how it affects you and, and it's how
2: to deal with it,
1: right. How to deal with it, how to, you know, who to talk to, who not to talk to, how, how to, how to, you know, how to understand what you're feeling and, and what you're going through and, and learning a bunch of tools on how to either cope or figure out what your stressors are, are, Going yeah. through, going through therapists, multiple therapists, going through medications, multiple medications, Ooh. and going through, you know, what you think is is the solution, only to find out months, even years later, sometimes that you know what you were on was actually terrible. Right. And it's only been it's only been since about twenty six that like medication wise I've gotten things figured out. Cool. And, you know, and then earlier this year, I started doing therapy again because, you know, I've got a lot of shit from my past that I, you know, didn't really fully deal with. And I just got used to the, you know, it was, you know, one thing after another, you know, moving in, you know, trying to figure out like, how are we going to feed a family? You know, Mm -hmm. well, we'll figure that out later. How are we going to handle, you know, one parent's got to work the other one's going to school we've got kids that are going to be coming home how are we going to handle that you know and just but that's a different
2: kind of survival isn't it it's a different kind
1: of survival you know i didn't have like my body chemistry i didn't have my body chemistry fucking with me and right but i wasn't doing the work to sit down and and try and figure out what is going on and coping Mm -hmm. with my feelings because it wasn't the issues themselves. It was all of the things underlying that, you know, I went through as a kid that was causing additional stressors that I hadn't dealt with.
2: Right. But I think about the difference is in one point we're we're controlled by somebody else's life, Mm -hmm. but once we can decide our own life, like. We're not we're not extras in our parents' life. This is now our time. Mm-hmm. It's a different, it's a different kind of stress because you feel as if you're succeeding now mm-hmm. when you succeed, instead of succeeding and having your parent actually be the antithesis of that, you mm-hmm. know? And so yeah, I mean that's when you get to work on yourself instead of begging somebody to get a resource for you. you right. Know?
1: And but even still, you know, one of the things that I have to keep in mind is is that, you know. I have resources available to me thanks to, you know, the job I work number one. Yeah. And thanks to, you know, the fact that I've got great support at home number two mm, yeah, you and, do. and you know, not everybody has that even at my age. Right. And, and to me that's fundamentally a problem, you know, yep. if you want, if you want a society to be mentally healthy, you have to have mental health widely available. Mm-hmm.
2: And you know what that would create people like you said something earlier, you said knowing who to talk to, but more importantly, who not to talk to. Mm-hmm. And like, I think in this society, people bring a problem, and others want to solve it, just to get over get past the conversation. But having that conversation with a friend is what life is. Mm-hmm. And we, we can all in a way be talk therapists just to let somebody know that what's going on is real. Like it is real what you're going through instead Mm -hmm. of other people dismissing it as a problem, you know, as a screw to be uh, a nail to be pounded in. It isn't. Mm -hmm. It's uh, sometimes people just want to know, am I, what I feeling is real. And Mm -hmm what the fuck like that's basically every question I have with people but sitting down and talking to them is what's important Mm -hmm. that's I think the resource we need we need to pick better friends (laughs) sometimes sometimes it's as simple as picking
1: better friends but you know even but even those friends are going to sit down at some point and say look you know I appreciate what you're going through Mm -hmm. but I'm not the person to help you. You need to talk to somebody who's professionally capable of handling.
2: Yeah. Awesome. That is awesome. That is perfect. So I I was telling a friend, if you see somebody that's having a, a life crisis you don't have to be the solution and in fact if you try to be the solution oftentimes you get in the way of the solution but you can always be there to help somebody and listen as the solution comes along you don't have to be you you can be support instead of diving into somebody else's problem it's not your problem you don't know how to solve it but you can be there for your friend Mm -hmm. you know absolutely so and the self-medicating thing i think is I want to know how many people in their teens self-medicated with, and I want to know with what I I self-medicated with drugs. You know, I tried every drug under the rainbow. I did acid for two years. I tried heroin, uh, crystal meth, cocaine. I tried it all. I stuck with weed and I didn't, but I never picked up alcohol, which is weird. You know what I mean? So,
1: yeah, you know, and, and I, I think it just kind of, for me, it depended, you know, weed was great but sometimes it was alcohol i did a bunch of other things too i tried heroin yeah. i tried uh i never did meth meth was one that was i'd never wanted to do cuz i I've, i i had too many family members that did it and i saw how they turned out that's interesting which yeah. of course big brain me going mm, yes heroin seems to be a better solution yeah. <laughs>
2: you know but i'm glad you didn't pick that up cuz <sighs> wow
1: yeah and you know and and so By the time I start getting on, you know, actual medication for my issues, like Uh I I quit doing the substances then uh, until like I started having insomnia and that it was just like I was, I was using substances to try and knock myself out because I couldn't sleep yeah so interesting that's where that's when i did more drinking than anything was because i wasn't sleeping and i knew that if i drank enough i'd end up passing out
2: (laughs) interesting alcohol never did that to me i mean it is a very long process it's a large amount of alcohol to get me Mm -hmm. to pass out you know and the stages from sober to passed out aren't, aren't pretty (laughs) oh no it wasn't but i'm a very friendly drunk just so you know but i'm very flirtatious i'm very touchy feely you don't you know very happy you don't want that guy (laughs) for me
1: for me every every alcohol is different
2: Uh, oh yeah good point
1: vodka vodka chills me out almost like weed does Mm. Uh, whiskey uh, for the longest time would make me throw up um tequila is my jekyll and hyde I either want to fight you or I want to take off my pants and I have no, <laughs> no right. inclination what it's going to be before. <laughs> um. So, yeah, I, it's it, it I, I like vodka because I know what vodka does to me and I just get really right. chill. But even though like I like I don't really drink all that much. Uh, I want to say a couple of weekends ago, I said, fuck it and drank a half a bottle of sake. Didn't really do anything to me, but it was really, yeah,
2: I thought it was stronger.
1: It's like 20%. So okay. it really That's didn't enough. it's strong enough, but it really didn't do anything to me. I just was, I was just having a little bit of fun. So it worked okay. out.
2: There's yeah. a point where I level off if, if about six beers in, I'll level off and not be buzzed anymore, but then any more than that and i'm taking off again
1: see i like to just have one beer like that's like i like i like to have one beer and i sip on it and i get a bunch of shit from plenty of people for my my sipping on beers
2: <laughs> do you leave them like a third left all over the place
1: no 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 i'd finish my beers. No. okay but but uh but for me it's just like I, I just enjoy I just enjoy sipping on it unless like I'm like fuck it watch this and then I'll just take a fucking pint and pound it like no other oh man yeah one of my friends found out a few years ago when we did Octoberfest at uh, their place of work it was like hey do you want to see a magic trick and they're like yeah sure and I just like grabbed this beer and I went count it down and I went boom <laughs> they were just like holy shit <laughs>
2: I love that. So oh. I have I have a question, a random question that just oh, popped into my head. Random. Uh, so I was on another podcast and this girl was like, she mentioned pop sodas and I was like, pop sodas. Yeah. And this guy said, what are you talking about? Like, he didn't understand what pop soda was. And like, I've, that's all I've ever called it. Give me a pop soda. You know what I mean? And he started making fun of me because it's he said it was just soda. How do you guys say it? Where, in Washington,
1: oh, oh, so where where I grew up, it's a pop. Okay, cool. Um, you you just you just called it a pop. Um, I don't like calling it a pop. I like calling it a soda. Okay, <clears throat> soda pop was also uh one way that we turn uh, that that I would always say it right uh, as a kid to soda pop, but okay, I typically say soda. Uh, myself anymore, even though where I grew up it was definitely
2: pop. Okay. I think I think if you called it a soda, you might call it a soda pop just to cover all your bases. And I think if you called it a pop, you might call it a pop soda to cover all your bases. But to say like like i I put a clip up on TikTok, and I was looking for a song, Pop Soda. There's like 20 of them. Mm. So it's not like it's not a thing, you know? So right. I just wondered. I, I wondered it's, dialect. Oh, how, oh, how dialect
1: is. is dialect is really interesting to me because there are so many things that um, you can, there's so many words out there that the way that you pronounce, uh, you enunciate them or pronounce them, it just is, really interesting. So like, yeah. what do you call, what do you call a small
2: river? A creek? where I come from we say it's a crick. Mm, a crick is something that when you pop your back or okay. you, you know, crack a knuckle, that's yeah, a crick.
1: We call oh, it a crick. Oh. We we say crick. We don't say crick.
2: I love it, see.
1: Linguistics is really interesting or like or like the the tiny little uh lobster looking things. They're they're, you know, about claws. Uh yeah, is, what do you call them? Claws? Or what's another one that you call them?
2: Lobster claws? No, no, no. Not. The,
1: the, just the, the mini version of those lobsters that you find in rivers and streams. Oh, crawfish.
2: Mm-hmm. We called them call crawdads. Crawd, I've called them crawdads too. Heck yeah. Or, or crayfish. Crayfish, I've called it that too, yep. depending on where I lived. Oh, language is,
1: language is fascinating to me. Or yeah. like when, when they're, you know, there are specific ways that you would pronounce something. Um, you know like, it is
2: interesting though i listened to a podcast called way with words sorry i was just oh yeah yeah him. um
1: or or for example like uh do you know what a coolie is so a coulee is a is close to a creek but it's usually dried out and it's usually a bed that has a bunch of trees in it oh okay yep that's called a coolie. I-
2: I call it a forest. I don't, I don't know. What to- <laughs> See now where I'm at. We don't
1: really have a whole lot of trees. So <laughs> where I'm from, I got you. Um, but yeah, but the number of people who know who have heard what a coolie is, or mm-hmm. uh, uh, oh, here's another good one. Do you know what a gully washer is?
2: I know what a gully is, but what's a gully washer?
1: A gully washer is when you get like a really heavy thunderstorm that ends up flooding out that gully, and and you get a lot of water, oh. or it's just a really heavy rainfall that you know is going to, you know, fill up your creek or coulee
2: <laughs> and gotcha. wash out,
1: wash out your gully. A gully washer.
2: And now we are transitioned back to Ida. How are you doing, New Orleans? <laughs> Woo!
1: Man, I have a friend. I have a friend uh, that lives in new orleans that just recently moved back and she uh did the wise thing and and packed up her animals and decided to get the hell out uh ahead of Smart. the storm so i was gonna look and see what it was what that storm was looking like right now because pretty bad uh last i think i saw is that winds were up to 150 miles an hour on that storm
2: yeah they're predicting 155 but I mean, a category five is 157. Sorry, I'm on the panhandle right here. (laughs) Yeah. So right
1: now, so right now, winds are at 150 miles an hour. Yeah. It's it's slamming into the coast as a category four. So that's brutal. Yeah. New Orleans is uh, New Orleans. Oh, that's another one. New Orleans, or New Orleans, or Nolens, depending on anywhere
2: you live, live. like Chicago. uh, People go. What did you call it? Chicago or oh, uh,
1: Chicago, <laughs> or uh, that brand of baseball bat that's made in Kentucky.
2: I don't know baseball very well. Louisville Slugger.
1: Yeah, that's the brand. But if you're in Kentucky, it's Louisville. It's not Louisville. Right. It's Louisville.
2: Nope. I have a friend Kai from Louisville, and she says Louisville.
1: Yep its yeah. language to me is so fascinating and how uh-huh. even just within our own country the way that we pronounce certain things just is, it's really interesting to me and how sure. how that works
2: and uh, just think about things like Michigan uh Illinois Wisconsin Florida these are all in uh native words that we took right like mm-hmm. that's what's interesting to me we 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 are mispronouncing it words automatically you know what i mean i wonder how on uh an, <laughs> how an indian would say illinois sorry how how yeah like how the native american population would pronounce it or or yeah. like could, some can the- i get a consensus on what to say uh, american indian indigenous person <laughs> like indian i don't want to say it wrong I, i'm willing to you know respect. I just don't know which word to use and it catches me every time that is, That's a really
1: great uh I guess, you know, because my cousins I like I never I didn't say Indian because, you know uh my cousins were Native American and Indians were from India. You know, it was, okay. it was I like kind that. of that. Because that's what that's what, you know, settlers called them. They thought they had you know had found India and they called them Indians and that not. He, so like oh, I like that. So like even in master school my my Indian cohorts were confused by this because they're like what they're not Indian. <laughs>
2: right. It's and like that I'm Indian. It solves the problem. It's not it that. solves the problem of what to call um I mean, you know, people in, in, from in, India.
1: In Canada they have uh, in Canada they call them first peoples. Um huh. it's it's i think that's a really great conversation to have with someone who who, this
2: first peoples kind of sounds like ass kissing to me no offense
1: (laughs) it you know and uh uh yeah i I just
2: i like the indigenous people i like using that the indigenous i don't like indigenous natives but the first people are i believe from africa and that's what i believe you know so there's a debate there on the first people yeah we're we're where we all branched out from. Yeah, right. So I don't want to get into that. No. So that's a great question, though. So do you think New Orleans should be New Orleans? Like, I can't help but think that in these coming catastrophes of this um, climate crisis that we are going to all have to huddle somewhere in the Dakotas to survive.
1: Well, I mean, that's the general issue of living next to the coast. I mean, everybody loves living next to a coast until you realize that water kind of does whatever it does, (laughs) you know, with the tides and Mm -hmm. earthquakes and giant storms. I mean, even like, for example, um, with in Japan, when, when you had that massive earthquake that caused, you know, you know, that, that hit Sendai and, and, absolutely obliterated, you know, the Fukushima plant. When, when the, when the tsunami uh, washed away, they ended up finding a bunch of old carvings is stone carvings that had, you know, old Japanese written on it that said, don't build your house below this because the ocean will take it away. Wow. So, you know, it's to me like that, that fantastical idea of time is like, you know, Japanese history extends back like 5000 years or something like that. And so mm-hmm. the question of, you know, what history existed and is, has been has come and gone and lost and then suddenly finding that, you know, when did that when did that get carved? Like what event yeah. caused that?
2: It makes you wonder. I think we were were the cause of the glo- global warming, but I think it would have cycled somehow anyway, you know what I mean? I oh, I'm way off of where I wanted to be. New Orleans, do you think we should move it or fortify it?
1: Oof. You know, obviously there's gonna be a bunch of people that say fortify it because there is a lot of history with New Orleans. It's yeah. There, you know, the fact of the matter is is that, you know, Louisiana is a really interesting case in that so much of the way that it is governed is still very much rooted in French and in, and even in Napoleonic law, which is really right. interesting. Which that's fascinating to me that somehow in in a modern uh, in a modern United States that they're still using elements of Napoleonic law. You know, interesting a a uh, a an emperor who was deposed over two hundred years ago.
2: Yeah, when you think about it
1: that's that to me that's fascinating
2: i just wonder if at some point we're gonna have to build it up like if you want to keep it are we gonna have to raise the floor or are we gonna continue to keep it like a bowl like there's no way to to stop a category five storm that's coming on your coast you can't build a breaker wall for that you know
1: right i mean and, and that's just it is it's like that like that storm is like looking at just some of the specifics of it really quickly. It's just wild how big that thing yeah. is. I know. I know. And and that's the thing is like, man, like looking at that picture, holy crap. It is, it is huge. Like yep. it's, and that's the thing is like, it's, you know, New Orleans is going to be on the Eastern side of the storm, mm-hmm. which means that it's, it's going to get battered. Yeah. It's going to get battered hard right pensacola's seeing some of the outer bands yep
2: so it's not raining right now but it was just two minutes ago you know what i mean yeah so just and the other thing i wanted to quickly say about the hurricane is i've been trying to watch coverage for facts and like they're they're predicting they're predicting beyond predicting you know what I mean? And it, it, some of it is just fear tactics. Some of it is to acknowledge the precedence of it before it's precedent. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I don't like it. It's it's helping for people to find protection, but it's also a bit of fear mongering for sensationalism. And I think that's a it's a it's a weird line to have to cross with a hurricane. You could you could state the facts. You can predict on models, but I don't think you have to say. I don't know. You don't have to use superlatives for, <laughs> for it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So take care of yourself. If you're if you're there, you should have taken care of yourself. That brings me to something else interesting because we're towards the end of the show and I didn't want to have to talk about it. Afghanistan, 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 mm. Afghanistan, Afghanistan. Afghanistan. Why didn't people move out in May when they were told to? Why didn't people start leaving then?
1: Um yeah, I'm going to go with uh, the administration had every ability to cut the red tape and begin the process. And, yeah. the, you know, even even Biden flat out said, like, you know, what we wanted to do was not cause a panic for mass evacuations. Sure. Whatever. So what they did was they waited until the last minute to cause a panic for massive evacu- evacuations. Okay.
2: I just, um, they, I, it's been said that they sent out emails as far back as February to warn people that it might be time to start leaving and joe biden keeps having this line saying the people that are there don't want to leave they don't want to leave yet they didn't heed our warnings and they stayed too long and now this is why that is and i I feel like he's blamed everybody (laughs) except himself for the debacle of the departure you know
1: and and there you go and there and that's the honest answers is is that you know what person what person really wants to leave their home like exactly exactly You know, but at the same time, like, you know, what without seeing what they were communicating or the context or anything like that, you know, there's Mm -hmm. a difference between hey, you know, we're going to be leaving in a few months. You might want to think about whether or not you want to come with. To look, the reality is is that the Taliban are going to take over. Here are the threats that are actively going to consume you. You need to do what's in your best interest, and this is your this is your you know final boarding call and that should have right. been months ago
2: right i feel like maybe there was warnings months ago but i don't know i don't know like i'm not going to take anybody's side i feel like it's a clusterfunk is what it is like this happened And then Democrats were like, what the fuck, Joe Biden? But then Republicans were like, what, look at what Joe Biden's doing. And Joe Biden was like, I'm not doing anything. And then the pundits were like, don't pick on Joe. We might lose everything. (laughs) And I don't like that. Like, I'm not going to defend. the the departure we should never be in that war we shouldn't be in that war and we're going to continue to offer humanitarian support along with the un as it should be we shouldn't be an occupying force in a foreign country that being said we should have had a longer term plan on removing people or giving them a way out although i believe the un is in talks with the taliban in creating a safe route out of the country once we leave uh so People be might not be. It'll yeah, be it'll be to interesting to see what
1: happens. But then, but then, here's what's been really fucking funny: is is watching a bunch of Republicans go. We need to take back Bagram Air Force Base. I'm like, uh huh. Wait, so you want us out of the country, but you don't want
2: us out of the country? What the fuck do you want then? Right. They want yeah, because these are the people that drafted the the negotiations with the Taliban. Right. Like Donald Trump's piece of paper, I assume, didn't say well. If you have to come back, come back. No, I think the Taliban said once you're gone, you're gone. Like don't ocup- don't reoccupy. And I think that was a shitty deal. And Republicans, I think they're mad at, at Donald Trump for being a poor policymaker and taking it out on Joe Biden.
1: Absolutely. And and guess what? It's like we're leaving. Period. End of story. Leaving does not include uh, this idea of taking back an air force base. That's right what the fuck is what are you even on
2: but you can't ask the Taliban. hey do you want us to do you want us to come back do you want us to be there do you want us to stay there you know <laughs> and as isis attacks them more and more they might say yes because it's in their interest to work with us because of all of their apparently like 85 percent of their economy is um money that comes in from foreign aid you know, it's not like they generate an economy, it's pretty stale right now. And so they need our support in some way for financially, which upsets me because I don't believe we should be supporting them financially. No. Nope. Nope. No.
1: No. So I mean, it's to me, it's one of those things where it's like, look, you know, we made it clear they made it clear they want us gone. We made it clear we're leaving. That means everything I am I'm also equally pissed at the amount of equipment we're leaving behind because, you know, once again, this is going to be another one of those, well, you know, our troops are, you know, under-equipped, and it's like, look, we left a a bunch of fucking weapons, advanced weaponry, over there.
2: Right. Period in the story. if you think that the US um, grew the way it did from alien technology, just imagine what a bunch of terrorists are gonna do with advanced technology that we left on their land.
1: It's, I mean, the funny thing is is that you know the the very interesting argument is, is that we've left a bunch of fully automatic M4s with night vision <laughs> goggles in a foreign country. Yeah. And those are things that we we are refusing to allow our own citizens. Right. So, so it's like, why is this equipment being left, especially when you know that you're going to have to do the requisition work in order to get more of that equipment manufactured? uh uh-huh you know the government waste at its finest is really what i'm not making the argument that your general everyday person should have a fully automatic machine gun um not unless we all do
2: in which case you know we (laughs) uh, that's so fun and let's not forget that afghanistan is everything now so we can definitely confirm that saudi arabia isn't imprisoning women and and torturing them we can we can confirm that iran isn't using their centrifuges to to refine the materials used to create a nuclear bomb we don't really have to worry about the atrocities in syria anymore it's like where did all these things go what what happened to those kurds that we we abandoned like it just seems like we're focused on what we are told to focus on. We don't have to remember any of that other stuff, but I think we really should.
1: Mm-hmm. We should. Yeah, we and
2: should. We should.
1: We should. And guess what? You know, it's, this is what our life is going to look like in the short term <laughs> is, yeah. you know, creating allies in the short term in order to use them for our own goals and then dropping them off, you know, like, like, uh, you know, <laughs> we're just uh, letting them go mm-hmm. into the, the grocery store to get some candy and then we're like
2: deuces right we're out yeah like they're a negotiating um platform like they're a chip to be negotiated with that not, not something to be considered yep hey, thanks for being here jeffrey ah, thank yeah. you for listening to public access america check out the live streams every sunday noon eastern 9 a.m pacific and uh tune in thursday for the conversation we are about to have right now
1: to those who This is our moment.
2: This is our our time. To those who seek peace and security, security. security. we support support you. you. Yes, we can. Place, and I don't care how tough, you, care are, how tough you are, it you will are. beat
1: you to your you knees and keep you there permanently. If you let it. Let it. You, you, you're nobody
2: who's going to hit as hard as life. Ask not, Ask
0: yes, we not what you can. What your country can do for you. I have a dream. Ask what you can do for your country. I, poor little children. Yes, we can. One day live in a nation where they will.
2: to tell you, things are, tell you things, are things, are things are bad, everybody knows things
1: are bad, it's a depression, it's in a this depression. lifetime you don't have to prove nothing to nobody except yourself, but it ain't about
2: how hard you hit, it's about how hard you, oh, get, hard get you can, can get hit and keep moving forward, how much you can take and keep moving forward, that's
1: how winning is done,
2: welcome, welcome, to public, to public access, access. access America, yes we can, Sunday live stream time, YouTube,
1: I wanted to run out of that tunnel for my dad.
2: On Twitter,
1: Twitter, Twitter
2: Apple, Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, smart, Stitcher radio, smart Radio, Public, and Spotify. Yes, we can. Public Access Public America: America. History, history in the Making, history Making History, making history making in the history. Making.